Well, good morning, everybody. Good morning. It's great to be with you and to celebrate the resurrection of the Lord Jesus with you this morning. And isn't it great to know as well that all around the world, Christians are celebrating the resurrection today. Some have already uh, celebrated, um, kind of going backwards um, in, in the time zones, and some will are yet to celebrate. Uh, but all around the world today, Christians are celebrating the fact that Jesus is alive. Uh, but what we're going to do this morning is we're going to go right back to the first Easter, 2,000 years ago, and we're going to see how people responded to Jesus' resurrection when it happened. Uh, and that there wasn't, um, there weren't any Easter eggs um, at the first Easter. Uh, you can have it back now, Drew. There wasn't even a church service on the first Easter. There wasn't um, worship songs or anything to celebrate the resurrection the way that we are doing today. Uh, we're going to look back and see that there were two contrasting emotions in response to the resurrection and two contrasting choices in response to the resurrection. So we'll start with uh, the emotions. And the two contrasting emotions that we read about was fear and joy. Uh, we saw that in verse 8. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy. Uh, we human beings are complex characters, aren't we? Complex creatures. We are capable of different emotions at the same time. Even us men are capable of, of differing emotions, aren't we? Uh, we can be excited and nervous at the same time. I had the privilege last week of conducting a wedding. And I'm pretty sure if I know the bride and groom were, were excited but also nervous before the service. Or we can have... We can be thankful and be sad at the same time. It's often how we uh, feel at a funeral, isn't it? A Thanksgiving service. We're, we're thankful for the person that we loved, but we're sad that they're no longer with us. Or we can feel compassion and anger at the same time. When we see the news and we hear what's happening in Ukraine, we feel compassion, don't we, to the people there who are suffering. But we're also angry about what's going on. And there's also the contrasting emotions of fear and joy on that first resurrection morning. So let's think about the emotion of fear first. Four times in verses 1 to 11, we read the word afraid. Uh, verse 4, the guards... We're afraid. Verse 5, the angel says, do not be afraid. Uh, verse 8, the women were afraid. Verse 10, Jesus says, do not be afraid. So what was it about this event that caused people to be afraid? Why were there so much fear on this resurrection morning? Well, um, there were some natural things going on that caused fear. Verse 2, there was a violent earthquake. An angel of the Lord came down 
from heaven, rolled back the stone and sat on it. Verse 3, his appearance was like lightning. His clothes were white as snow. This was an event so powerful, so momentous, that the senses of these guards were just overwhelmed. They, They felt the earth shaking. They heard that great stone moving. They saw the dazzling light of the angel. And it's the sight of the angel that makes them so afraid, they shake and they become like dead men. Although, probably not actual dead men, because later on they they go and share what's happened in verse 11. So whatever is going on here, there is a mighty power at work. There's an earthquake, there's this massive stone being rolled away, there are angels, there's this dazzling brightness. There is a mighty power at work here. Later on in the New Testament, we read that this power is the power of God the Father at work. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 19 says that his, that's, that's God's incomparably great power and the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead. I mean, just think how much power is needed to raise somebody from the dead. We've come a long way, haven't we, in medicine and in science. Yes, to the extent that we, in, in a very short amount of time, a, a vaccine was rolled out for, for COVID. And so much advancements that weren't even thought possible in the past. But however much science and medicine has has gone forward, nobody's been able to raise somebody from the dead. And not somebody who's been dead for three days. This was the third day that Jesus was in the grave. It's one thing to preserve life. It's another thing to produce life when there was no life before. And this is the the power that is being exerted here by God. This is a supernatural power that is breaking into the the natural world. A power from outside of earth that's been felt and experienced on earth. It's the power of heaven breaking into time and space, being witnessed by human beings on earth. And if we were alive at that time, then we might have seen it ourselves. So no wonder the guards were afraid. And, you know, when we are faced with this kind of power, we should be afraid as well. When we read about this kind of power at work, it should make us tremble. And yet the angel tells the women not to be afraid in verse 5. Now, when angels appear to people in the Bible, usually the first thing they have to say is, don't be afraid. Uh, Because if you met an angel, you would be afraid. These are mighty, powerful beings. So powerful and mighty that they are able to stand in the presence of God in heaven. But the uh, angels in the Bible... They are messengers. 
and they often have a message of good news, either something that is about to happen or something that's already happened. Uh, and the, the angels here have good news for the women because although they're looking for Jesus, who was crucified, he's not there anymore. He is risen. And that's why this is an event that, that brings fear because of, of what's going on, the, the power that's at work here, but also joy. Now, if we're going to experience the, the joy of the resurrection ourselves, we need to understand three things. Uh, firstly, we, we need to understand that Jesus really did die. Uh, the angels describe Jesus as the one who was crucified. And not only was crucifixion one of the most painful and excruciating ways to die, it was also a public death. Everybody could see Jesus on the cross. People could, could go past uh, that, uh, that mount of crucifixion, the, the place of death, and they could see Jesus dying. And, and the Romans, who... Put Jesus on the cross. They were very good at killing people. They were good at their job. And when a Roman um, executed somebody, they made sure that they were dead. They finished the job. And they made sure that Jesus was dead. So Jesus really did die. He was crucified. But also he, he really did rise again. So the angels say, come see the place where he lay. The, the evidence for the resurrection is right there in front of them. There is an empty tomb. The place where Jesus was just hours before is now empty. In fact, the evidence for the resurrection was so strong that uh, when the religious leaders of the time tried to dispute the, the, the resurrection, all that they could do, the best story they could come up with, is to say that the body had been stolen. I mean, the, the best way to refute the resurrection and to say it didn't happen was be to produce a body, wouldn't it? You know, here's Jesus' dead body. He didn't really rise. It's all a, a lie. But they couldn't do that. There was no body. So the best excuse they could come up with was to say the body had been stolen. And the third thing that we need to understand is that Jesus predicted both of these events before they happened his death, and his resurrection. In fact, three times in Matthew's Gospel, Jesus tells his disciples, I'm going to suffer, I'm going to die, and then on the third day I'm going to rise again. He, he told them that he was going to do this before it happened. He knew that it was going to happen. And so the angel says, he is risen just as he said. This was no accident. This was all planned. In fact, it had been planned before the creation of the world. These events had been written in history before the world began. The eternal Son of God who came to earth at Christmas as a man, the man Jesus, who's always going to die on the cross. He's going to die for the sins of the world. And he's always going to rise again to give us new life. And that is why we can rejoice in the resurrection. Because the resurrection.
open up to us the way to eternal life for all who believe. Jesus' victory over death means we don't need to fear death anymore. We say, hey, death no longer has a grip over me. It holds no fear for me anymore. And there was a famous American preacher called D.L. Moody. And uh, during his life, thousands of people came to hear him preach. And he said to a friend once, Someday you will read in the papers that D.L. Moody of Northfield is dead. Don't you believe a word of it? At that moment, I shall be more alive than I am right now. something needs to happen before this joy and this hope becomes complete. Because you notice that even as they leave the tomb, having seen the evidence for the resurrection, they're still afraid. They're joyful, but there's still fear there. But what these women needed was, was more than just to hear the good news of the resurrection from the angels. They needed something else. They needed to meet Jesus. They needed to see him. And we can imagine that when we, they did see him, and they hear Jesus' words, do not be afraid. But at that moment, their fear left them, and, and they were filled completely with joy and with hope. You, know, you, you can sit here this morning, and you can sing songs about the resurrection and you can hear the evidence for the resurrection. We can read about it in the Gospels. You can hear the good news. But unless you meet Jesus yourself, you will not know the true joy of the resurrection. The resurrection is not just an event that happens in history, but is written about by by real people, by eyewitnesses. It, it is that, but it's more than that. It's about a real person who lived and who died and who is alive again. And he is alive right now. Jesus ascended into heaven 40 days after he rose from the dead. And he is still making himself known to people today through his spirit and, and through his word. So you can meet Jesus today in a very real way. We might want to kind of go back 2,000 years and, 
and, and see Jesus when he rose from the dead, just as those women saw him. But we can meet Jesus in just a real as way today as they did back then. He makes himself known to us through his spirit and, and through his word. And Jesus wants to greet you today. Just as he greeted those women 2,000 years ago as they left the tomb, he wants to greet you. And he wants to say to you, don't be afraid. Yes, there are lots of things in our world that could make us afraid. There is war. There is disease. There are financial pressures on all of us. There's worries about the future, but Jesus says, don't be afraid. And he says to us, you don't need to be afraid of the greatest fear that human beings have. You don't need to be afraid of death. And if we don't need to be afraid of death, then anything less than death, we don't need to be afraid of either. Jesus wants to, to meet us today and to give us that eternal hope and that joy from knowing that he's alive. So two contrasting emotions. There was fear, but there was also joy. But there was also two contrasting choices. There was worship, and there was rejection. I think in verse 9, uh, the women came to Jesus. They clasped his feet, and they worshipped him. The women show us the right response to the resurrection. It's worship. They bow down at his feet. When Jesus reveals himself to you, you have no other choice but to worship him. And if you are not worshipping Jesus, then you don't really know who he is. You've not really met him yet. About six decades after Jesus rose again from the dead, he appeared to... Another of his disciples, John, in a vision. And this vision was so real. And it was so, um, so vivid that, that John fell on, down on his feet before Jesus as though he were dead. Jesus' hair was white like wool, white as snow. His eyes were like blazing fire. His feet like bronze glowing in a furnace. His voice like the sound of rushing waters, his face shining like the sun in all its brilliance. And John falls down at Jesus' feet and he worships. If you see Jesus as he really is, in all of his power and his glory, then you have no other choice. You bow down and worship. But there is another option. There's another choice that we see at that first Easter. And it's reflected by the guards and the Jewish authorities, the chief priests. Now, when the chief priests heard everything that happened from the guards, in verse 11, they don't respond with joy and worship. Instead, they are fearful. They're afraid that if, if Jesus has risen again, then everybody is going to start following Jesus and their authority is going to be taken away. And so they come up with this story to disprove the, and discredit the, the resurrection. 
They reject the good news of the resurrection and the person at the heart of this message. They pay the guards to lie about what's happened. It's a lie that was still circulating when Matthew is writing this. It's a lie that's still going on today. The lie that Jesus didn't rise again. So on the one hand, there is worship of Jesus. On the other, there is denial and there is rejection. Within just a few hours of Jesus rising again from the dead, people are already denying that it's happened. People are already rejecting the truth of the resurrection. So how are we going to respond this morning? Will we make the right choice? Will we worship? Or will we reject the resurrection? And will we reject the one who was raised from the dead? Just as I finish, I want to just uh, close by, by thinking about the people who accepted Jesus and, and worshipped him and, and the people who rejected him. And also to think about the, the place that Jesus goes to after he was raised. Because we, we might think that when this huge event happened, that all the, the, the best people, the, the most powerful people would, would want to be in on it. They would want to to be there and, and be associated with Jesus, with all his power. And that this would be talked about in you know, the, the corridors of power and it would be on the front pages of all the newspapers. But it wasn't. It, it wasn't the, the high and mighty people of the day who accepted the, the good news of the resurrection. It, it was women. And in those days, the, the witness of women wasn't even accepted in a court of law. And yet it was the women that Jesus chose to reveal himself to first. Not the establishment, not the rulers and authorities. And look at the place that Jesus says he's, he's going to go to. He's not going to go to Jerusalem. He's not going to go to the, the place of power. He's going to go up north to a place called Galilee, which was a despised place. You wouldn't want to go on holiday to Galilee. And yet Jesus said, that's where I'm going to go. I'm going to go to despise people. To people who are on the, the kind of fringes of, of society. And that illustrates a truth that we see echoed throughout history. That it's often the weak people, the despised people, the little people. Not the big people, not the, the powerful people, not the impressive people that respond in the right way to Jesus. It's not the people who are great in the eyes of the world. It's often the people who are weak and despised. You know, today, uh, the resurrection won't be on the front pages of the newspapers. The resurrection won't be talked about in the corridors of power. But there are little church gatherings like this throughout the country and throughout the world where ordinary people like you and me are worshipping the risen king. The kingdom of heaven is not for the rich and powerful who don't think they need a saviour. It's for the poor in spirit, for those whose only hope 
is not in themselves, but in Jesus and what he has done and the fact that he is alive. So let's pray together in response and pray that we would respond in the right way to Jesus' resurrection. Our Father in heaven, we praise you and we thank you for that mighty power that you showed when you raised your son from the dead. A power that, that came from heaven and broke into this world. A power that was seen and heard and felt in an earthquake and, 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 and loud noises and dazzling sights. A power so strong that it overwhelmed these strong Roman guards. And we thank you that because Jesus is alive, that today, despite all that's going on in the world around us, we can have joy and we can have hope. But only if we respond in the right way, if we make the right choice today. And, and every day, we have that opportunity to, to make that choice. To worship Jesus as king or to reject him and, and make ourselves king. And even if we have made that right choice in the past, we want to make that choice again today. And we want to follow Jesus again today and, and worship him. And give our lives to him. And to live in the hope that he gives us. We praise you, Lord Jesus, that you are a